Good morning. Cracks me up every time I walk up to that video. Uh, I can't build anything. I can't plan how to do like construction or things like that. So if you think that's what this morning's about, we're just about community today. There's no actual hammer and nails, which is a great thing. Uh, my name's Tyler Royne. I'm excited to be here this morning. Uh, we're going to start this morning going back in time a little bit to the week after Thanksgiving, end of November. Uh, our family of five took a trip to our happiest place on earth. That for us is Disney World. And I understand that's a trigger for some of you, all right? Um, we are in a season of our life where we don't hike in the mountains in Colorado. We don't spend a weekend in a log cabin. I honestly wonder if we could all survive a weekend in a log cabin. Um, we can do Disney. We know how to do it. Um, we don't have any naps, no diapers. We can just go and ride as many rides as possible in that time that we're there. Um, we have three boys in our family, a fifth grader, a fourth grader, and a kindergartner. Um, and I have a wife who is an administrative assistant and has those skills and can plan out every minute of the trip to get on as many rides as possible. She worked the Genie Plus, the virtual queues, like an experienced Disney veteran, and we dominated. Now, with our situation, our kindergarten son, um, those of you who are thirdborns in the audience here know that thirdborns just get dragged to everything, whether they like it or not. Um, so he got into some pretty interesting situations. We tried really hard to promote a curious attitude for him. You know, be curious about this. What could happen? You know, what could be fun here? Um, and he did great. And then day two, uh, we went to Epcot. They have a brand new roller coaster there that's a Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster. He likes uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, heard of them. Um, and it's set up really nice to where it's very calm, the part you see. And then the inside, you don't know what happens, all right? Um, and so long story short, uh, might have been like the scariest 45 minutes of his life. I don't think he breathes like the entire time. It, you t tilt inside, outside, go around. There were moments where I thought we would be a family of four after this ride. So um, curious attitude might have went out the door, possibly due to this instance. I don't know. Um, but day three, we were at our favorite park, Hollywood Studios. We were going to ride the Slinky Dog roller coaster, which he's ridden before when we went two years ago. Um, and for some reason, he wasn't super curious about this. I don't know if it had to do with the previous ride, but here's a picture of what pure fear looks like right there. Uh, just absolutely terrified, all right? Now, I love this picture because Ashton, my son there who looks terrified, um, has a great community around him with so many positive vibes. Mom's smiling and taking the picture. I've got the double thumbs up. If you can see in the back, his two brothers, uh, they have their hands up. They're not laughing at the situation. They don't love it. They're very supportive, I'm sure. Um, and none of that mattered. Ashton still had his judgments about this roller coaster, a roller coaster that he rode three times two years earlier. And his experience the day before with the Guardians roller coaster sealed his attitude and feelings towards this one. He could not be the curious kid that we wanted him to be on these rides because the judgments about the other rides were just too strong for him. And so we're in this teaching series now that's focused on becoming builders of community. And each Sunday, of this teaching series is going to focus on how we can build community, but then also we're going to look at the opposite of that, how sometimes we end up destroying community with others. This morning we're going to explore the idea of being curious, not judgmental when it comes to building community. And when I say that phrase, a lot of you may immediately think of a darts scene from the TV show called Ted Lasso when I tell you, be curious, not judgmental. 
That scene lets us know that Walt Whitman was the man who made this quote famous. And it's an interesting quote that I would love to dive a little farther into this morning. Because we could take this quote as fact because Ted Lasso said that Walt Whitman said it. And Ted Lasso doesn't lie. He's a great guy. Um, Or we could be a little more curious, dive into it, and do what we all do when we're thinking about joining community. We make a pros and cons list. All right? And we're going to start with what it means being judgmental with community. You might think, like, the teacher's going to be like, this is the wrong choice right away. There's no pros. I want to be curious. Look at everything here. There are some pros to being judgmental in community. One pro is it's the safe choice. All right? When it comes to building community, being judgmental takes no risk at all. Look, I'm someone who is constantly thinking about safety. It's a huge part of my job. I'm also the person who actually maintains the three-second following distance when you're driving that your driver's ed instructor told you to do. Car goes by a telephone pole, 1-1,000, 2-1,000, 3 have to have it. Drives my passengers in the car crazy, but I learned it. Safety first, safety always. Um, <clears throat> this being uh, judgmental can be safe, all right? Being judgmental with commun- community can also boost your self-esteem. Casting judgments on others can very easily make you feel better about yourself. Last pro for being judgmental this morning, being judgmental can show your spouse or close friend the high level of intelligence you have. So we've all been there, all right? You get invited to something. Your spouse or close friend really wants to go, and you know that group of people is just a disaster waiting to happen. You convince them not to go, and then the next day you see on Facebook that the potato salad served at the event had been left out in the sun all day. Everybody got violently ill, and you were the only person who could have seen those exact events happening. You look like a genius in this scenario. That's a big pro. So those are the three pros with being judgmental about community. I do think, though, there are some cons. So let's, let's dive into those. One con is that being judgmental robs you of opportunities to grow. If you play it safe all the time, you don't have those moments outside your comfort zone where you can possibly fail, I know, scary, and make some real growth. Another con is that being judgmental about community can leave you alone when you need support. Life is tough, and God has never promised for life to be all sunshine and rainbows. Having people around you during those tough times can be super valuable. Being judgmental and staying away from people you may not want to take a risk on can leave you alone in some of your toughest moments when you need people the most. Last con this morning for being judgmental with community might be the biggest to me. Being judgmental with community can weaken your faith in Jesus or plateau it. We are going to hear later this morning about how Jesus went about building community with others. He was very rarely judgmental towards others. Um, Dave talked about it with his disciples last week. Jesus took the look at uh, Jesus took the twelve disciples, and they weren't like anybody's first round draft picks, you know. But he chose them because he was curious, or because he was Jesus. He knew about their potential. Being judgmental about community can take away opportunities for you to trust God's plan. So there are some pros and cons about being judgmental towards community. I told you that we're going to be curious. We're going to look at both sides here and not just write being judgmental off as the wrong choice. Now, you have my list. You're most likely coming up with some of your own right now. Think 
what, what outweighs the other? Do pros outweigh the cons? Cons outweigh the pros? And while you're thinking about that, I want to dive into pros and cons with being curious. All right, we're going to start with the cons this time. One con about being curious with community is that you may end up in some uncomfortable situations. Like, being curious may land you at a Minnesota Vikings football game. Not now, because their season's over, but like back when they were playing, you know. Maybe a little too soon for Vikings fans, sorry. Um, it also may land you in a cult that eats crunchy peanut butter. I don't know who eats that, but I hear there's people out there, all right? And being curious could land you in that situation, all right? Another con with being curious about community is that you may be forced to laugh at terrible jokes, even possibly dad jokes. Yes, we get it, dads. You learned how to use Safari on your phone. It's absolutely hilarious. Last con of the morning is that if you choose to be curious about community, you may have to read. I know, the dreaded book club invitation. We're all terrified of it, all right? I think when everybody graduates, they think like homework is over, and then you get in a book club, and then you've got eight weeks of homework. You're like, what did I get myself into? <sighs> I know, super terrifying for some of you. And before I lose too many of you with that last con, let's dive into the pros about being curious about community. One pro is that you get to meet and know all kinds of different people and personalities. Being curious leads you to people who may not think exactly like you, and that's a good thing. I'm going to say that again. may lead you to people who don't think exactly like you, and that's good. We may like to think that we always have everything figured out. I often think with food, I have everything figured out, but people know this, and they try to push me to try new things. This past December, there was apparently a new creation in the world. It's got chocolate, caramel, pretzel, and a pecan. I think it's called turtle. I just tried it for the first time this December. Absolutely delicious. Never heard of them before. So good. They were a little scary, but I did great with them. Another pro about being curious with community is that you are open up to opportunities to be there for others when they are in need of support. As you build relationships with people and get to know them, you will learn how to help them when they are in need. <clears throat> Being there for someone in need is not easy, but it's a role that has so much value. Whether it's making a meal for them, listening to their thoughts, or helping pack some moving boxes, being for someone in some of their lowest of lows is an experience that both you and that person will remember for quite a while. It's an experience that has great worth. My last pro for this morning is that being curious about community gives you opportunities to build God's kingdom. I started my relationship with Jesus after saying yes to joining a small group in high school when I was 16 years old. I have helped others learn about Jesus and start their own relationships with Jesus by leading small groups and volunteering in different ministries. Being curious about community can give you opportunities to do the work we are built to do on this earth. Well, there you have it. I promise you, when I was putting this teaching together, I did my research. I looked at the whole picture, all right? And I took that phrase that Ted Lasso said, that Walt Whitman said to America here. And when it comes to becoming builders with community, I do believe the pros outweigh the cons when it comes to being curious instead of judgmental. And that statement is coming from someone who's terrified of book clubs and crunchy peanut butter. But I still want to be curious. We have opportunities through our, our weeks to say yes to being curious about community. It may be an invite to a small group. 
It may be seeing someone you kind of know from afar in the grocery store, or it may be taking the chance and getting to know your, the parents of your kids' friends. We all have opportunities where we can choose to be curious or we can choose to be judgmental and rule that opportunity as just not right for us. Jesus had plenty of opportunities to choose to be curious as well. One of those opportunities is in the book of Luke, chapter 7, and this story involves Jesus and this group of people called the Pharisees. So Jesus was often curious um, around people, while the Pharisees were often judgmental. Now, I would say that Jesus and the Pharisees weren't too far off, like theologically, um, but the way they approached others seemed to be vastly different. And you'll see this in this story. This story involves a sinful woman approaching Jesus. It starts in Luke chapter 7, verses 36, and it goes through verse 50. And it reads like this. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So that Pharisee right away is like, this woman is a sinner. What in the world is she doing in my house Why I'm hosting this so-called prophet? He cast judgment right away and didn't give the woman a chance. I, can't, I just can't help but like connect this story about Jesus being so curious with my high school years. I made the decision to start building a relationship with Jesus during my junior year of high school. And back then, I was a pretty selfish kid who rarely thought about others. I was very quick with my words and often cut pretty deep um, with those to people I don't, didn't care for. And I was just pretty carefree in general, didn't really have much drive or a purpose for my life. And I think back, like, what if Jesus had cast such a quick judgment on me instead of being curious? What if, after 16 years on this earth, I reached out for a relationship and he was like, no way, you're a sinner. You're the worst of the worst. I've been up here waiting for 16 years and you show up now, you don't deserve a relationship with me. All that would have been true. Jesus would have had every right to say all that. He would not have been wrong. Instead, though, he looks to build relationships 
with all of us, with a curious attitude. He doesn't cast judgment on us because of our actions or our sins. In fact, he gave his perfect life for our sins. He died so that we could beat the judgment that we all deserve as sinners. He is the reason why we should be curious, not judgmental with others. And as I reflected about the possibility of Jesus casting judgment on me, I kept thinking about the other people in my life who didn't cast judgment on me throughout all of those sinful years that I've had. I have been blessed with some pretty amazing leadership opportunities during my life. Being up here on a Sunday morning still kind of amazes me that this can happen. Being able to lead groups of kids in school and ministries at Orchard is something I'm always thankful for. Coaching my own kids in the sports they play is awesome. Investing in groups of educators who are helping to build our future. I'm so lucky. The leadership opportunities seriously do not stop for me. And it would be really cool for me to stand up here and tell all of you that I am a self-made leader. You know, there are so many self-made leaders out there. The odds were against them. The deck was stacked. But they beat them. They worked their tails off. And they did it on their own. And they deserve all that praise. That's just not how I've gotten here. I am who I am today because of the community that God put around me. It's my wife who's constantly pushing me to take risks to better myself. It's the people at school and here at Orchard who for some reason trust me enough to give me these opportunities to build leadership skills. It's my past small group leaders and people who have been in small groups with me who have encouraged me but then also asked the tough questions and forced me to reflect on who I was and who I wanted to be. Those people that God put in my life that were curious towards me. They didn't cast me off because of my sins and all the ways I fell short. They got to know me. They encouraged me all along the way. I'm so thankful for that community that I had to help me grow every step of the way. They were curious, not judgmental. As I think about how lucky I was to have a community that was so curious the whole way, I couldn't help but think about Jesus' last moments on earth. He had groups of sinners being so judgmental to him right up until his death. And even with that, I wondered what were his actions at the end? Did he finally stop being curious and cave into the judgments? So we're going to dive into Luke 23 verses 32 through 43. And it gives us a glimpse of all the judgment that Jesus was catching And how he still remained curious towards the sinners, the worst of the worst, all the way up until his death on the cross. Verses 32 through 43 read like this. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals. One on his right, one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
And Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. So Jesus is up on that cross, about to die after living a perfect life. He's catching all that judgment and hate from people. But yet he obviously still has this curious mentality about him. Because one of the criminals up there with him starts to talk with him about remembering him in his kingdom. Now this dude was a criminal who was being punished justly, in his words, alongside the one person who lived a perfect life. And he's going to ask him to remember him in his kingdom. That took some real guts, but I think it also told us just how open and curious Jesus was until the end. He could feel that he had a shot with talking with him. He has and always will give people the chance to choose to live their life for him. There will never be a moment where he says, you know what? It's too late. That's not how we should, that's how we should live our lives with others too. There should never be a moment where we say no to joining in on this journey with others. Jesus does not want us to be alone. We were not designed to be alone. Adam was created and then Eve was created. God wanted us in community with others. We just have to be ready to dive right in. And as I think about being curious and diving into community with others, I have three things that I'm trying to focus on myself with this, and they might help you. So I thought about sharing those here as we end today. Um, the first thing I'm trying to do is I'm trying to keep an eye out for experiences that will teach me about myself. An experience that taught my wife and I a lot about ourselves came last year uh, when Rendy approached us to lead an adult small group here at Orchard. And we said no. That's always everybody's first answer to that one. Well, even if you say no, they keep asking. Um, and we had kind of weighed the pros and cons again, just like we do. We had led lots of high school, junior high, small groups. Kids are great. You know, they're more curious. Adults are scary, all right? We weren't sure about this, but we ended up saying yes. And we learned so much about ourselves. We tried to go into this experience with a very curious mindset. And we learned that we could actually make connections with adults in a small group setting. It wasn't just sugar-filled kids that we connected with. We learned that God had developed some skills in us that helped to create an inviting and non-judgmental environment for adults to be willing to share about their struggles and maybe look for some ways to grow. We fully wanted to say no to one more thing on our plates that we didn't feel qualified for, but we said yes to being curious about community. And we were amazed at what we learned about ourselves. So take a moment here, think about when you have learned the most about yourself. Were those moments possibly like in community with others and an experience that maybe made you feel a little uncomfortable? I know I can think of like three or four just this year. Um, and they're there. We just have to keep our eye out for them. Second thing I'm trying to do, really tough, is to be open to personalities that are different from me. Vikings fans, all right? Open to them. Because growth lies there. All morning there have been some of you kind of sitting there thinking about your circle of people. All right, There's six chairs at your table of friends. There's no more seats. You can't fit another chair around there. There's no leaves for your table of friends. You can't fit those in. And then like making friends and being open to that, that's kind of like a second grade thing. Adults are exempt from that. Okay, I thought that as well. And then my oldest son entered the world of travel baseball last summer. Now travel sports is something I never did as a kid. Um, know nothing about, heard stories, a little nervous, and it was kind of funny. My wife and I were so concerned about the community of kids that our son was going to be around. We didn't even think about the community of families. 
All right. Well, in travel sports, you spend like all summer, especially baseball, all summer together. We sat in pouring rain together. We grilled together. We did the four travel baseball teams all in one small hotel pool. The kids just screamed the whole time. I'm thinking I'm getting hearing aids like two years earlier than I should have to survive that. Like it was so loud. But we did it. All right. And I did not expect to form that kind of community with people. It was adults who thought a little differently than me sometimes. Um, and they cared about us, and they taught us so much. Um, it was such a close-knit community by the end of the summer, and it will be a summer that I'm just always grateful for. There were people there that had no idea I was missing from my life or missing from my table of friends. So think for a moment, where have you built some of the strongest community with others? Was it maybe an unexpected spot? If it wasn't an unexpected spot, like... Aren't those the best spots to build community? The spots that you didn't see coming, but maybe someone else had planned all along. So be open to all people that God may put in your life. Last thing I'm trying to do is the hardest for me. I'm trying to reflect on how God is utilizing me and others to build his kingdom. I'm trying to do some journaling. I'm not a journaler, all right? And I'm also not someone who just sits in quiet, okay? I say yes to a lot of things. I stay very busy. So I'm trying to make it a priority each day to just have a little bit of quiet time, all right? And I was, again, not a journaler, but my wife found me this really small notebook that doesn't run out of paper, all right? It's called a rocket book. Like, it has erasable stuff, and I can take a picture of it, goes to a Google Drive. I love it, because I don't want to go to Dollar Tree, like, every week and buy new paper. It's a whole scary thing for me, all right? But she found it. And I've been amazed just by this time. It's sometimes it's only five minutes in the morning before everybody's awake, all right, where I can sit back and just kind of think about how God used me and used others to help build his kingdom. The opportunities are there. We just have to be aware of it and just think about, reflect on how it's happening, all right? This has helped to encourage me to continue to be as curious as I can be with others because it's those curious moments that I see God helping me or using me to help build his kingdom. Being curious, not judgmental when it comes to becoming builders of community has some serious power. Do you remember where we started this morning? The terrified five-year-old on the slinky dog roller coaster. If you don't remember, he's still terrified. All right. Now my son Ashton there, I joked about it, but he had his community around him. Okay. When he got off that roller coaster, we built him up. We were positive. We were like, you did it. That was an accomplishment, all right? We did everything we could because we knew we had the Genie Plus Lightning Lane and we would be back on that roller coaster in 15 minutes, all right? And so in 15 minutes, this was the new and improved Ashton. So much happier. The community he had around him helped to completely flip his mindset. Community matters. It matters here at Orchard. It's one of our four mission strategies here at Orchard. So be ready and be curious when it comes to community. You could be one moment away from making a lasting impact on someone's life. God is ready to utilize you to help build his kingdom. So let's be curious, not judgmental. Join me in prayer. Dear God, thank you so much um, for being curious towards us. Man, you, like I said, you have every right to be judgmental. We screw up so many times. We are sinners. We are the worst of the worst. And yet, you are curious and give us so many chances. And I just pray um, that we can be more aware 
of the chances that you're giving us to be curious and go out and be in community because I know those opportunities can be so impactful when it comes to building your kingdom. It's tough. Those, there are moments where we weigh our options and it's like, oh man, I, it's scary. I want to stay here in my comfort zone. And I just pray um, that you give us courage to step out and uh, see what can come from saying yes to being curious about community. In your name, amen.